0: Biggest return on paper so far in terms of investments is Simility, an AI and ML fraud uh, management kind of solution. Uh, made a couple dozen investments. Uh, most importantly, though, she decided to get into this VC world about three years ago with, call it, a 15 to 20000000 million-ish dollar fund. Currently jumping in and uh, you know, getting more capital, essentially, to invest. Uh, loves spaces like Voice, right, with her own podcast. Check that out. But uh, made a big investment in ART19 in the podcasting space as well. Again, looking at big enterprise data place. More importantly, though, people with big vision and underlying it all you know doing some kind of world good agriculture food ocean tech she's looking for you. If, you if you're in that space reach out this is the top entrepreneurs podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn each episode features revenue numbers Hello, everyone. My guest today is Shruti Gandhi. She is the uh, currently active at Array Ventures, where she's managing, obviously, a fund participating in many different companies, specifically uh, B2B SaaS, some health and tech as well. She has a strong mix of operating and investing experience. She was uh, Before this, she was an investor at True, uh, Samsung, uh, Light Bank, High Bar Partners, and the I2A Fund. All right, Shruti, are you ready to take us to the top?
1: That sounds amazing. Thanks for having
0: me. You bet. So tell us quickly kind of where you are today and then I want to capture more of your story. So what does Array focus on and what's the fun size today?
1: Array focuses on enterprise deep tech companies. So founders that want to go solve big industries that are old but need reviving with data, analytics, machine learning, any strong tech. And then we love pairing that with other founders who have sold to that industry before. They know how to hustle, they know how to sell. Uh, We started about three years ago and we're on our second fund now.
0: That's great. Are you married to any specific business model? Do you like SaaS more than pay-as-you-go or more than an API model?
1: Not really. Um, We believe in just revenue acceleration as fast as we can. So a lot of the programming we focus on when we invest in our companies is um, how to get from zero to one and in ARR, and then from one to 10 million um, as fast as we can. So, we have workshops that we put together for our founders once a quarter around this programming. We get some of the top CEOs to talk to our founders on how their playbook worked. And that's what we do, but not really any particular business models.
0: Got it. Yeah. You said on the site, I believe that people should think of you as their first business development hire. Exactly. And why does that positioning work for you?
1: Frankly speaking, there are a lot of engineers who are looking to solve problems but they've never sold before and when you're starting out your teams if you don't have that sales hire which a lot of times people don't you know you're not building a business you're building a feature Um, and I've been in that position myself before as I was starting a company out as an engineer for you know in my previous life for 11 years and so when I saw that need in the market which is smart people solving big problems if you could just add a business perspective in the company at that stage, the company, the size of the market that you're trying to address at that stage becomes suddenly very large because now you're not just adding a little feature for this company here or there, but you're going up for something very different. And so, again, we help these companies think through what that large market looks like. And where the customers sit within those large markets. So we say your first business development hire. And then we also use this term of like your second wave of customers, which is your first few friends might be your initial customers, but then how do you go find that fourth, fifth, 10th customer? So that's how we help these companies.
0: And uh, fund one, three years ago, how big was that?
1: Fund one, uh, we don't really share our numbers because they're Through multiple mediums, but generally in the stage in size of 15 to 20 million. Okay. And then fund two will be for three reasons I can't share because we're still fundraising. Yep. Uh, But there, it's going to be larger than that.
0: What do you mean through different mediums?
1: You know, we actually didn't start out as a core fund. So we were, um, the idea was I was actually going to go start another company, but I was, um, through my current founders, who had at that time who had exits to companies like Apple, hill and so forth, they basically said that, hey, we went to we love working for you, with you and you went to bat for us. Uh, we think there's a need for a fund investor like you in the market um, who is really on the side of the founders and also helping them think through as their third, fourth co-founder. So we think that there's a need for that in the enterprise market. And so I didn't really I knew I wanted to start a fund, but I didn't know that was uh, right at that moment. So I thought I was going to go. Just why invest- did you want
0: to do that? By the way, why, why did you know you wanted to launch a fund?
1: You know, starting a fund actually for someone like me is investing in other people like me. There's a lot of pattern matching people talk about in venture and that pattern usually is in people like themselves, right? So when I was starting the company out, um, people who didn't look like me, I was not comfortable approaching them. I was not comfortable going and asking for advice And it felt more intimidating to go talk to someone who is not like me, frankly. And so that was at that time, I didn't know that it was because the top is very different and it should change. But when I started thinking more and more about it, as I got into venture after that to learn more about it, Um, I realized that the top needs to change. And I just knew that I was a person to make that happen because I had the right background as an engineer, as a founder, and then as an investor at the time to make this happen. But I just thought it was like a very much of a later in the stage, retire into the job kind of a game. I was wrong. We need people like me, more people like me in the market today. But that's why I'm glad I did it at the time. But I, I thought I would have been doing this maybe like in my, I don't know, late 40s or something.
0: Shruti, why go like the VC route though? Why not stick with the same thesis, invest in people like yourself, invest in great founders, but do it in a private equity capacity?
1: I don't understand the question.
0: Why why decide to set it up as a VC fund instead of setting up as a private equity fund or a different investment vehicle?
1: I mean, private equity funds by nature come later. Uh, You're starting out a company at this stage when, which is two people in a garage and, you know, just, hustling at it and trying to figure out if this is a large problem, if we wanna go talk to customers. I mean, that's like building things from ground up. It's like the same thing as why invest in Uber at the early stages versus at the- you Got know,
0: it, so this is, this is a timing thing for you. You like to be on there at ground zero, right when everything's getting going, right at the beginning.
1: Yeah, I think I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Got it. it is helping founders at the earliest stages of inception of their ideas to make it a real company.
0: Got it. So you're, you're getting in your check size, you know, you're getting in at seed stage. So what you're writing 500 to 1.5 ish million dollar checks, something like that.
1: No, actually the rounds are called pre-seed these days, which means their founders are raising anywhere from half a million to few million dollars. So we come in anywhere owning eight to 10% at the, at that stage. So the checks vary depending on how much they're raising.
0: Okay. But generally speaking, like what's a sweet spot for you, just to give us an idea.
1: The sweet spot is exactly that, right? Like half a million to founders. It's usually the first round of institutional money. So, I have a idea. I'm. I have a few friends who might like that idea, and then a few angels who we invest. Uh, who might invest in me? And usually, those angels don't have the time to give to those founders. They have a real job somewhere else, and they're experts somewhere else. But That's when a ray gets involved to actually shepherd those companies and help them think through a large market and then how they get to a series A.
0: Yep. Okay. good. And do you usually like to take that whole round by yourself or you're happy to be in a syndicate?
1: No, we love working with other people. We think starting a company is needs every help you need. It's it's uh, it takes a village. And so, yeah, we work and co-invest with a lot of our friends in the industry.
0: Tell me what you liked about Art19. Why did you invest there? That's obviously in the podcasting space. There's a lot of hype right now about voice and voice data and specifically monetization there. What did you like about Art19?
1: So we have a podcast as well called Array. Uh, check us out as well. It's focused on AI, data, machine learning, and founder-to-founder you know, journey around what they did to succeed. Um, so
0: you need more episodes, by the way, I, I've listened and I'm like, why, why are there slack in here? You've published like four episodes this, this year so far, publish more.
1: Uh, I'm glad you're listening, but I, it's my side job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's my theory around starting that podcast primarily was I have access to some amazing people and, you know, as an immigrant coming out of no contacts, no networks, it was really, truly like I'm pinching myself when I have access to these amazing Folks, and so I said, "Look, other people don't have access to these people. Let me just put the messaging from these people out there, in case it, you know, helps other people." So yeah. that was the, That was the idea. But point taken. I have like fifteen in the backlog. I need to learn from you.
0: That's awesome. You you'll get it going. Okay, but back to Art Nineteen. Tell me what you like about them.
1: Well, so um, I understand all the pain in uh, podcasting at every stage. As you as you do, <laughs> we both do.
0: we both do. It is painful.
1: <laughs> so. Uh, and most of the uh, podcasting tools out there were more around how you around discovery, but not many tools around uh, creation and selling to companies. You know, if you go talk to like a New York Times or a large corporation, I mean, even though you and I are figuring this out, they actually have no clue, right? Like not to name one organization or other, but large corporations that's not their core business. And so someone like Art nineteen demonstrated, that they could not only work with those big companies, but also what they do that that's very interesting is they put a marker. And so large corporations have the ability to take sponsors and add, you know, and attract ad dollars. What what's hard in podcasts today is you have to edit it, edit it out every time. What Art19 does really well is they allow you to put these markers, and then you can swap these ads in and out any time. So the, I love that dynamic approach around. Being able to change your sponsor on the fly and, and then working with enterprise is something that they really excel at. That's why they work with some of the top podcasts in the industry.
0: Okay, Top drive. Many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use postgator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45 day money back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well, and 24 seven support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off, along with a hundred dollars in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. The interesting thing that I see with these shows is you put an ad in and that episode, maybe, maybe you say, okay, you're, I'm selling, uh, I'm making this up a hundred thousand listens. Well, once that old episode hits a hundred thousand listens, technically you should be able to use that inventory and still monetize it, replace it with a new ad. But right now you have to go back and re-edit everything. There's no way to do that.
1: Well, use art 19 if you're yeah. Yeah.
0: What do they? Do you know how they charge? Is it a is it a percent fee or what?
1: Um, I think it's a recurring SaaS fee.
0: It's a SaaS model. Okay, very good. What else are you are you looking at? Just because you have your own show, you're invested in Art Nineteen. What else gets you kind of excited about like the voice and voice data space in general? Do you see any interesting companies there?
1: Yeah, we have another company called Passage AI, which is in the conversational AI space. Which what they do is basically you're um able to. It's a chat bot, right? But instead of uh, communicating with a Kohl's or Macy's over the regular uh, mediums we do today, you can talk to Alexa and say, Alexa, talk to Kohl's about whatever, uh, buying these pair of pants, right? So that's an interesting approach. But what we're also looking for is interesting ways to um, use voice in everyday life um, and how enterprises can access and use and take, go after what Alexa and Google home have, have done, but be more closer to their customer through these through the voice medium.
0: Yep. Last question here before we wrap up, is there any sector that you're really excited about, but you haven't yes, yet placed a bet in?
1: Actually? Yeah. There are a lot of, um, the biggest reason why I got into something like this, like investing in venture and solving big problems was I wanted to solve core fundamental needs in the world, which is, Food, water, shelter, all those kind of like the, the original Maslow hierarchy problems, right? Not the Wi-Fi and so forth. Um, but we ended up investing in that Wi-Fi and connectivity and all those categories, which is great. And I love that. But what we largely think about as well is how do you go solve the problems in agriculture, um, in ocean, in food, in transportation, It's very large industries that affect our life and create a pain point that if we solve that, that there's a large opportunity to increase the world GDP by a a huge percent. So we constantly think about those large markets. Um, We haven't made a bet in agriculture, ocean tech or any of those industries yet. We have invested in transportation. A couple of our companies are a company called Zendar and X-Wing but uh, that used up perception to solve the autonomous um, car and the autonomous airplane industry problems. But generally, uh, we're open to anyone who's thinking large in any industry. Um, and, uh, we, we want to hear how they solve these problems and how we can lead their partner to make them, uh, succeed
0: on paper, which in these investments right now has had the biggest return for you so far.
1: Uh, simility,
0: similarity spell that
1: S i m i l i t y.
0: Okay. They're not on your they, website. Oh yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I missed it. Sorry.
1: Simility actually is a fraud detection solution, right? So, what they started out with is um, we have a lot of, of fraud in banking, e-commerce platforms. You go and fund a Kickstarter campaign today, you have no idea if that is a real campaign or not. So these guys came out of Google with over seven years of industry experience. They built out fraud, so to fraud tools for AdSense, AdWords, Gmail, a lot of, lot of Google products. And so my, my background is in security as well. My first job was a security engineer. And so when they pitched to me, it was very easy for me to see how their solution was different than the other competitors out there. So we were the first, uh, you know, we, we backed in their original rounds uh, before they even had revenue. And you're talking about,
0: you're talking about the, the, the original seed round they did the three, the three, five from Excel, the Excel led.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So you were on the back of that as a minority, as a minority LP.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Not uh, Minority, sorry,
0: minority investor. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like we partner with companies because of our tech background, we're able to see the technical solutions and how these companies are solving problems in large markets before others do. And then we often are the first backers. And we then help them get to larger investors later in the round. But yeah, Simility is doing pretty well.
0: That's great. Very good. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Wow. <laughs> I don't know. I What's the last like one you read? Zero to one, but I feel like that's such a cliche.
0: That's <laughs> nah, not a cliche if it's the last one you read. Uh, number two, Shruti, what is your favorite, or sorry, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now?
1: We, uh, you know, not one. I think that you want to take a best, pra- again, I don't like these lists because usually there's not one. You pick pick good things and good practices from everyone. But yeah, there's a, I I am fascinated by Elon Musk all the time because not because he's just my hero, but just because he's able to do uh, so much more and solve these big problems and raise money for these crazy ideas, um, and you know, and succeed in many ways. So I it's mesmerizing in many ways.
0: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building uh, the business or building the, the firm?
1: Um. Many, but we like community management tools are very important. Uh, Everything we do is around community management. And so obviously Slack has taken a good approach to that, but we have a company called Mobilize that makes our life better. I use that to send out our newsletters. I use that to manage our LPs. I use that to manage our events and portfolio companies. And so community is a big part of what we do today. As I said, it takes a village and we make sure our communities are um, cohesive and we were able to communicate with them regularly.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night?
1: I love to sleep. So it's over eight hours.
0: That's great. You (laughs) You and me, but I'm 10 hour eight at night. And then probably a two hour nap every day. It's great. What time do you nap? Oh, gosh. Well, I, so typically what happens is I work hard early in the morning from like six to one or two. And then you know how kind of after lunch, you always kind of have a letdown and you have to, you really have to push hard. I said, you know what, Nathan, stop fighting it. Just give in, go nap for two. And you know what? I nap for two hours and then I wake up and I get another six or seven hours of productivity. It's, it's beautiful.
1: That's like the, we grew up with that hours actually. So growing up, our school started pretty early at seven. So we would have to wake up around that six or five 30 time. And then after school, around two, would come home, lunch, and take nap for a couple hours. Then yep. did homework. I really miss that, so I need to get into that.
0: Yeah, you figure you got twenty four hours in a day. If you sleep ten, it leaves you fourteen, right? So it's you know, you know, a seven hour chunk, right, of working, and then a two hour nap in the afternoon, and then another seven hour chunk, and then another eight hours sleeping, and the seven kind of the seven two seven ten works really well for me, or seven two seven eight.
1: Should try it out. Yeah. Yeah. But I love to sleep. I can sleep in a rickshaw. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the. I'm the sleeper on this airplane that everyone's jealous of. That's so <laughs> like funny. <every> meal.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single kiddos?
1: Uh, married uh, with a awesome husband. Uh, he works at Tesla. That's okay. fine. I know that story pretty well inside out.
0: And any kiddos or no?
1: No kids yet. No,
0: no kids. All right. And you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 36. 36. Okay. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: 20 year old self? Not to be afraid. Just going after what you think. Well, don't forget to dream big and then go after it. I think my 20-year-old was, um, let's see, I was at that time an undergrad. I gra- No, I graduated around that time. So actually, I graduated early. But I was too afraid to just go and experiment. And I worried a lot about plan B and backups. And, you know, there's not much to lose at that time. So I would have, I, I would have done a lot more by this age if I was just that bold.
0: Guys, there you have it. B. Boulder earlier from Shruti now at a Running Array VC. Biggest return on paper so far in terms of investments is Simility, an AI and ML fraud uh, management kind of solution. Uh, Made a couple dozen investments. Uh, Most importantly, though, she decided to get into this VC world about three years ago with, call it a 15 to 20 million-ish dollar fund. Currently jumping in and uh, getting more capital essentially to invest. Uh, Loves spaces like Voice, right, with her own podcast. Check that out. But uh, made a big investment in Art19 in the podcasting space as well. Again, looking at big enterprise data place, more importantly though, people with big visions and underlying it all, you know, doing some kind of world good agriculture, food, ocean tech. She's looking for you. If you're in that space, reach out. Shruti, thank you for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Nathan.